0: Welcome to the Moms Career Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Jallo, and I'm on a mission to help working mamas everywhere navigate the tricky terrain of where work life meets mom life. I'm blowing the lid off of every misconception that exists in regards to what it looks like to be a modern working mom. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Mom's Career Guide podcast. So today I have a very special guest with me. Um, I'm not going to tell you her name just yet, but she is the author of an amazing book, which we're going to discuss today. And it's all about branding, branding yourself, branding your company, um, and the difference between what branding is and what marketing is. Now, this special guest is is an expert. She's a branding expert. She's worked as an executive for Sony. Um, She did branding for Carrie Underwood, Brad Paisley, uh, Johnny Cash, just to name a few. And so she brings a lot of information to the table and things that we can all learn from. So with that said, let's get started. So today I have with me Laura Bull, and Laura is the author of From Individual to Empire: A Guide to Building an Authentic and Powerful Brand. And I thought it was important to to bring Laura on, um, really, because I'm in the process of building a business and want to learn about branding. And the more and more that I learn about moms right now, particularly at this juncture with with COVID nineteen, is there are a lot of moms in. Specifically, that are entering um, into the the world of entrepreneurship for the very first time, and and there is you know the word going around mompreneur. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's kind of something that you can find all over Instagram and all over social media right now. Um, and I know with the, with what I'm doing, branding. Um, seems to be very, very important, but also something that I don't know a whole lot about. So um, I thought you could offer up just a wealth of knowledge to the listeners um, for all things branding. So Laura, I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you introduce yourself.
1: Oh, well, hi, I'm Laura. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what to say. Um, I guess, yes. I mean, branding is the number one thing um, that you should be doing when you're starting a business. And um, for any entrepreneur out there, no matter what the business is, if it's a product base or a service base or um, even if you're just doing a hobby on the side, you know, yeah. so that's, you know, my whole mission is to explain to people the difference between branding and marketing and um, help them wrap their head around how to figure out their brand um, at the earlier stages of their business so they don't struggle as much as you would if you're just jump into marketing and start marketing something without having a solid brand in place.
0: How did you get started in this business? And, you know, how did you get, how did you become knowledgeable about branding specifically?
1: So my niche is really um, people who are branding themselves. So um, I take it one step further than a business that would be branding themselves. And I try to, and, and so because when a person is branding themselves, there are all other psychology elements that come into play that could alter the brand long term, right? Okay. So a person so think about like a person as a Nike shoe. Um, that is hard. To maintain the same brand when you're a person, and especially a creative person, because I, I my background is working with musicians, and so I started working at a record label very early on. I actually have been in the music industry for a couple decades. We won't say how many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, when you know, I, I try to explain it in the sense of, you know, for instance, NASCAR would call me and say, "Hey, we really want." to do a partnership with Sony music. And, and it's like, well, that's not the brand I'm promoting. I don't care about promoting a Sony music brand. I am trying to promote 18 different brands uh, in their own unique way because they're their own unique businesses. Right. So, you know, um, Johnny cash has his own brand and it's very different than the Carrie Underwood brand. And I'm not going to market both of them in the same way. Um, and I wouldn't market them in the same way that I would um, a Nike shoe or a McDonald's. So um, anyways, so my whole process has been learning how to incorporate a personal life, a private narrative into a public narrative that will be sustainable for the long term, like a Martha Stewart, yes. like a Oprah Winfrey. These are the the meccas of the, you know, individuals who become successful mega brands.
0: Yes. So, um, for the average, the new entrepreneur, right. That Mm -hmm. is wanting to brand themselves alongside maybe their business, you know, that's growing with them. How, how would a person start to think through that concept? It's very difficult, um,
1: task because it's very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So, um, my whole book is to help the introspection level first. So the first whole part of the book is really trying to figure out exactly who you are. And I get a lot of people, you know, a lot of clients and stuff sit across the table from me and say, Hey, I know who I am. I know my brand. Okay. But if you know who you are, that's fantastic. But how do you translate that into a very focused way? across all the major elements of the brand, which is product, image, and narrative. So they all have to be cohesive. And um, so the process at the very beginning is introspective. You got to figure out what from your personal life you want to incorporate into the public. What from your private life must you incorporate into the public? I, I talk about defining characteristics. These are the things that if you don't incorporate them into the brand at the beginning, then your brand will be revealed as inauthentic in the future. Right. And it could even become a scandal in the future. Um, So you really have to incorporate those things early on and just own whatever it is. Um, And then there's also what I call the five P's, which are all about psychology, uh, positive psychology principles. Um, So you have, you know, Um, power, taking ownership of the power of your own brand, Mm -hmm. just by knowing that you have control over it actually puts you in control over it and, and minimizes stress and anxiety. Um, you have passion and purpose. There is a difference, um, positivity trying to stay positive in the long term. So, you know, as public figures, you know, a tweet could put you down a spiral, you know, and (laughs) you have to be able to, um, separate yourself. Right. Um, and then, um, what have I said, power, passion, oh, perseverance, you know, being in it for the long haul and being able to overcome the long obstacles because the day-to-day stuff is so overwhelming sometimes. Yes, It's not only having those traits and learning to build those traits, but then also how do they incorporate into the brand itself? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a key um, step that a lot of people don't do.
0: Now, how do you, how do you, how do they do that? How do they incorporate all of this and manage the day to day? I mean, so, um, I mean, I think people are spending a lot of time on Instagram and you see all these influencers. And I I was listening to a podcast yesterday about a woman who it seems like without even reading your book, she kind of was incorporating a lot of these um, principles into what she was doing. So she, she started her business with a blog Um, Really just telling her story, her personal story of a lot of struggles she faced as a mom and a single mom. And then, you know, her spouse or her spouse had died. And so she was going through all this stuff and it was kind of unfolding to her readers as her following was growing. So she was kind of building this, you know, showcasing her authentic self as she was building a brand simultaneously. She didn't even realize she was doing that. And then she decided, well, I've got all of these followers. I'm going to monetize that. Um, but, and so then she, I think she had to more get her brand in a, you know, con- consolidated and make it more cohesive and marketable, right? Yeah. So if you haven't, you know, started in that way and you're starting from scratch, You know, how do you really start getting that off the ground and putting it into practice? Or is it kind of a trial and error situation? Well,
1: some things are going to be a trial and error, but some things are not. Um, So there's a couple of things in the question that you just asked. First, understanding narrative. And when we're talking about, you know, let's say Nike, their narrative is just do it. And all their messaging is around that. And that also comes across in the image. And that also comes across in the product itself. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about a person who is the product or the service, their personality, their values, their morals and traits, and all of these things that makes them a unique individual is their narrative. Okay. So, um, and it's how they say it too, you know, how, what's their personality like, and that's how their tone is and how their voice is. Right. Right. that is what makes somebody authentic if they can really focus in on what that story is. But it also takes it a step further because you really have to streamline it mm-hmm. because we are unique individuals and there are so many things that make us after a life of living, right? Yes. And then not only that, but to you have to sustain a brand for long-term. You can't continually change it all the time. So when you're changing as a person, right, what does that do to the brand? So- yeah you really have to hone in on those key things that are going to be you and authentic you for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what my book teaches people how to do. Sure um, she- the other thing that you had mentioned was what type of story she was connecting or what type of story she was sharing and who she was connecting with. So uh, there is a, what I call a shared value uh, um, that you have to have with your target audience. Mm-hmm. So. In your in your example, she kind of stumbled into her audience. Her audience found her. Yes. Based off of what she was sharing, so now that she's trying to actually brand herself and make a cohesive brand mission statement, um, she has to actually identify what that target audience is and give them what and continue to give them what they want, but streamline it. Right. Yes. Yes. So I, I think the shared value thing is a big. Um, it's the one thing that's going to connect the audience to you, especially in the world that we're living in when there is no direct contact, uh, contact, like you don't know me, I don't know you. Right. Yeah. So what are those things that is going to develop a perceived connection? Right. With the consumer. That's the key.
0: Yes. So, um, so will you explain what is the difference between branding and marketing? So, um,
1: I always say marketing is what you want to say for the next 20 days and branding is what you want to say for the next 20 years. Yes. So if you don't know what you're going to say for the next 20 years, how are you going to keep, um, creating marketing strategies that are successful? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I think that I get a lot of clients that, have a finished product or a finished service, and they want to go ahead and go out into the marketplace. And I always try to say, you know, you're just going to spin your wheels, you're going to waste money and resources in a lot of time that you just don't want to be dealing with if you don't have the brand solidified in place. And um, having the brand solidified is going to help you actually come up with better and um, a, a more infinite amount of marketing ideas and marketing things because you, by providing the focus, you're actually opening the doors to a whole new avenue because you're not so um, all over the place, you know, and yes. distracted. And um, not only that, but it'll business decisions better.
0: Yeah. You think, I so, so branding overall just gives a more cohesive um, vibe, I guess, to your marketing strategy, right? If they're all have the same tone and a similar story or yeah I mean
1: you could have you could have and yes and that consistency is key. So if you have um you know different marketing strategies happening at once. And when I say, you know, you could do a marketing campaign, let's say it's an ad campaign or a partnership or something, is that partnership in line with with your brand? Is it the right tone? Is it the right Imagery? Is it the right narrative? I mean, everything, you could be just a little bit off. Um, and an example of that is um, Sarah Jessica Parker doing a, um, a Gap promotion right at the height of Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. I mean, sales actually plummeted for Gap because it was so inauthentic.
0: Yes,
1: was, people associated Jessica at the time with Dior and couture and it was, uh, you know, a whiplash. Why <laughs> is she wearing khakis and everyday, you know, button downs, you know, it just didn't yeah. make sense. So, um, that's an example of you could be doing something that could be completely out of line with what you should be doing at the time.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, um, The average entrepreneur or mompreneur these days that is starting to to brand themselves, do you have, you know, just a top three tips for what they could do to really just come out of the gate strong? Or if maybe they've been in the game for a while and something isn't right, something needs to be adjusted. Um, well, that's a loaded question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So the first thing I guess would just be acknowledge the difference between branding and marketing. Yeah. So think about what you want to say for the next 20 years. That is not anything to do with marketing strategy or how you're saying it. You can be a very solid and successful brand without social media. So that's one of the questions I get all the time. People don't really understand Instagram or don't really understand LinkedIn and, and, They just don't feel like it's a right fit for them, but they feel like they have to do it to get the message out. And by actually doing that and forcing it, it actually hurts your brand. right? um, Just think like George Clooney doesn't even have social media and he's literally out there influencing the world. So you don't have to be, um, you don't have to have social media to be an influencer. Uh, um, It's all about the brand. So ask first if it makes sense with what you want to do for the next 20 years and what you're trying Mm -hmm. to accomplish. Um, I guess the second one would be know the difference between your private narrative and your public narrative mm-hmm. and the difference between the two, um, understand what aspects of your private life need to be revealed in a public way as part of the brand. Um, and what, you know, in your private life that people just don't care about, right. you know what I mean? Like there's some of that too. I mean, if it doesn't make sense with the brand itself, then people don't care, you, Right. You know?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: It has to come across as something that matters to the brand, right? And that will help you streamline and focus on everything that you really want to say for the brand. Um, and a third one oh, here's a good one. Um, change does not equal evolution. Okay. So, yes. do not change your brand unless you need a rebrand. I mean, I'm (laughs) going to rebrands are super expensive and they're super time consuming, um, and a very difficult task and sometimes completely unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. So it is a gamble. Um, so you want to avoid a rebrand by really understanding the brand in the, in the first place. But if you get to a situation where you have evolved, let's say you've become a mom and you weren't a mom at, at, at the beginning, that is a, big change in your life and it should be reflected. Maybe if it's part of the brand, yes, it it would potentially become reflected in the brand itself, but you can evolve that in, in an authentic way. You don't have to change. So if you think about like a Pepsi logo in the last hundred years, if you look at, you know, the logo from 1901 and the one from 2020, it's what? It's like a huge difference right next to each other. But if you see the steps and all the different logos throughout the years, you know, they used the same font for the first 40 years. And then they started incorporating a color here. And then that, you know, that played out for 50 years or, you know, it's, or they just made this a little bit more cursive here. And it's an evolution. You don't yeah. have to change the logo completely to stay relevant to stay modern um, and to s- stay within the brand.
0: And do you find when people are when people's brands are evolving that so are their their followers or their fans or the people well, that follow that brand?
1: Behavior definitely changes, um, so you definitely have to keep track of. Uh, through marketing, through your marketing and your long-term brand strategy, you should be um, listening in and making sure that you understand where the consumers are because they do change radically. Mm-hmm. Think about and, and things that are completely out of your control: pandemics. <laughs> I mean, that changed half the economy. How people are working from home—that um, changes. You know, gas prices are going to drop because nobody's traveling anymore. Or you know, um, the airline industry, because nobody's having to fly to meetings any anymore, they're doing Zooms or, you know, it, it changes consumer behavior a very drastic way. Sometimes it's not so drastic. Sometimes it's just, hey, they prefer a different app, you know. Um, so listening to your consumer behavior, because you will have to evolve for them just as many times as you evolve for yourself.
0: How do you know if your branding
1: strategy is not working? If your branding strategy is not working, then you're not getting brand loyal consumers who will will tell the world about you, right? Um, I will say that brand, um, when it comes to the analysis of how well a brand is doing, it's not going to be likes. It's not going to be follower count. All right. It's more long term than that. so. Um you really need to be able to take a step back and look at all the metrics at once to see if something is working or not. Um, because again, it, what you're doing on Instagram could be marketing. Yes, right? And what you're doing on um, your radio show could be marketing. So you have to be able to take a step back and look at who is interacting, and how they're interacting. And remember that no response is a response.
0: Oh yeah so, <laughs>
1: no response is a response. People are not getting it. they're not um, reacting to it um, and they may have a negative connotation to it. They may not I mean no response could just be you know a, I glazed over. I yeah. just read past it because I was doing something else or it just didn't stand out to me, but that's a problem. You need to stand out, right right. Though so right. no response is a response. You definitely need to keep keep an eye on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything in particular you think we should all take away from this today? Definitely, i I started reading your book. I haven't completely finished it, but I really, really like it. It's well written. Um, so definitely people need to check out the book. But um apart from that, from just in a branding strategy, can can, can your average person brand themselves? Like is that, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. So in my book, I have a- exercises at the end of every. Well, I have action steps at the end of every chapter, which I do action steps every day for my clients. I mean, I that's the only way that I get things accomplished. You have to set action steps so that you do it. And I have it in a way um, where you build onto the information so you, it's not overwhelming.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: but then, you know, middle of the book, when I start talking about the brand matrix, that's really how you get all of those elements together. Um, and what personality traits or what, and it doesn't have to be personality, um, you know, what, what, um, traits and attributes are going to be placed onto this brand and uh, streamline it. And so at the end of the book, you have a, what I call a brand statement. A lot of people say mission statement, but I say brand statement because it needs to incorporate all the brand pillars, which are the key elements to the brand, mm-hmm. and and your passion and your purpose. Yes, because it needs to be delivered to the audience very quickly so that they can you. They have less than a minute to make up their minds about you. I mean, it's nanoseconds, um, especially on the image side. So how can you say all of that brand statement in one image that they're going to see? Right. Yes, that's the key. Um, but the other question I get asked is not only can Anybody do it, and the answer is yes. But um, is everybody really unique, right? How do I uh, decipher my brand from somebody else's? And again, if you if you do the exercises in my book and actually do the brand matrix, if you can step back and say, well, that reminds me of XYZ brand. And that's a problem. You know, all you have to do is incorporate one or two other attributes, take one away, and then it's competitive,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: So everybody is, every person is unique. So every person has a unique brand matrix. Yes, that will really define their pillars. You just have to figure out what it is. And I'm not saying it you'll get it by the end of the book. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you will have the tools to be able to really do the deep introspection and working it out and figuring out who your target audience is, figuring out who the competition is. And your competition, by the way, needs to be the superstars, the people that have already done it. You don't yeah, need to it. be looking at the other people at the same level as you. Your competition has already been successful. So- can a
0: person that even isn't isn't even a business owner but i'm thinking about even um cuz I, I do career consulting branding is another piece of the of the puzzle you know when you're tr- when you're going on a job interview you know what am i projecting to the world what does yeah. my resume say what does my linkedin look like i mean all of that is part of the branding right So people are calling... uh,
1: So a lot of people refer to my book as a personal branding book at the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? So the beginning of the book is a lot about that. So yes, you can put that down on a resume and absolutely be successful uh, and learn those steps from my book as well. I say that my book is really helping you determine what your personal brand is and transforming that into a business brand. So yes. it will take you the full step, but if you only want to know the personal branding side of stuff, this book will help you, you know, through chapter seven as well. You know what I mean? And yes. I actually know the whole thing because I talk about evolution and
0: maintaining it at the end. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So well, yeah. while you're here, so where can people find your book and are you on social media to, con- to connect to you?
1: Yes. So Instagram and Twitter is the Laura bull.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and Facebook is Laura bull branding and my website is LauraBull.com. And, uh, this book, yes. you can get it at anywhere ebook and paperback. So any, anywhere books are sold.
0: Fantastic. I got mine on Amazon. So, um, well, thank you for joining me today. I've really learned a lot. And, you know, maybe we can have you back sometime down the road. Sounds good. I hope it helped. All right. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Mom's Career Guide. If you liked what I had to share, please take a screenshot and share that on social and tag me at the Mom's Career Guide. I look forward to seeing you back here next week.